Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus, the new BCS. Why BCS? Because it's Brett, Colin, and Stucky. Here we are in week 11. Going to try to have just an unscripted conversation about what's going on in college football these days. But uh, listen, we're getting down to the end here. We're in the middle of Mac, uh, the Mac crunch right now. College football playoff rankings are rolling. We amazingly, I don't think, had any head coaches fired this past week. Crazy enough, we did. We did. Oh, Jeff we Scott. did. Yeah, Jeff Scott, Scott, God, baby. Oh, let me let the let me let the guys in here. Since Brett has to put South Florida into every trivia <laughs> question, let's start with let's start with that. Hey, I broke it. Come on, you don't follow me on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to keep him, they but they couldn't. I mean, he's one in twenty six versus FBS teams at South Florida. He's a great, great guy. He gets along tremendous with everybody, but bottom line is he didn't win any games. So they make the move. We now have nine openings uh, for next year. I think that number will get, uh, you know, exceed double digits soon and, you know, probably end up with all the movement. Maybe we, maybe we get close to 20. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting change of events down there. Not to spend time on the podcast about it, Brett, but I mean, the the attitude was, is who else are they going to get? And he's got time and now it's, you know, what else can you do when a coach just loses over and over, right? So not sure who South Florida can get, uh, but uh, it's a team that's won before. It's a reason why they're an answer in our trivia questions all the time. I mean, they used to have extremely explosive teams back in the Taggart days. So we'll see who's uh, we'll see if they can pull somebody uh, as a head coach and kind of get out of the dumpster there. So that is our one firing of the week. How did you guys do this past weekend? Uh, I think we can flush Oklahoma State narrative, like uh, the whole battle between you two down. I think that's over with. Kansas cash for both of you guys in a big way. Uh, what are your takeaways from this past weekend? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I went 5-1 on the show. I had a good week, over a decent week um, overall. 
And yeah, Kansas averaged eight yards per play. Uh, I know Oklahoma State's defense is banged up, but yeah, the Kansas offense looked great and they're bowl eligible, um, which I can't wait to bet them in the bowl. Although Brett's bowl projections, which had Duke Cincy, which I will not bet. I refuse to bet on the 10 year anniversary of the Belk Bowl. I saw uh, you tweet that. <laughs> I will not bet that game no matter what. And but he had like I think you had Kansas against someone like a, a minus eighteen, which sucks. San Diego like, State Kansas as a like as a dog. I need Kansas as a dog in a bowl, not laying two touchdowns with that defense. But my, yeah, before I pass the Brett, my biggest takeaway is the College Bowl playoff rank. You know, really got a big shakeup, and I think the major question for futures and for lots of things moving forward is, and it's never happened before, is will the committee, if it comes down to it take a one loss team that's not a conference champion likely Tennessee over a one loss conference champion even if the market perceives them as weaker right and then they'll, they'll also have one additional win whether it's uh TCU you know say TCU has one loss and then wins the big 12 say it's Oregon or USC so Brett it's never happened before but Tennessee does have although the win over Alabama it loses its it's luster with Alabama losing, which is interesting. Um, but like Tennessee is, you know, their one loss is going to be at Georgia. They have a really good strength of schedule. So yeah, it's, uh, you also have an ACC one loss champion, but with potentially Clemson or UNC. So that'll be really interesting and it'll have a huge impact on futures markets and, and the like. So Brad, if you want to share how you did, and then I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I was horrible on the show. Two and two and four, two and five. I did uh, I did come through with Georgia though in our in a, one of my rare head to head wins against you. That was Stuck, great. Call. You you left out um, Colin loved it too. You left out the one loss team that I'm actually you mentioned my bowl projections. I'm projecting this team in the college football playoff mm-hmm. playoff recency bias. But my God, UCLA on offense looks incredible, and they they get USC at home. They win that game. Then they play Oregon probably in a rematch for the Pac-12 title game. I think 12 and one Pac-12 champ somehow, some way they make, they make way for the Bruins. And I think UCLA gets into the playoff, uh, maybe only as a four seed, but they're in there somehow, some way if they can win out. Yeah. I mean, I was going to grill you about this, uh, but you got to it before I did. You have UCLA playing in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio state, nice fat 17 point spread there between the two. And listen, I I took a, a UCLA future, a five to one before last week, before last week's games, because if they get paired up, uh, I mean, it's an easy hedge spot against USC. They'll be favored there. But then if they get paired up with Oregon again, you're going to get Oregon outside of Watson Stadium. They're going to see him again. I just think they'll have a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more success than they will when they did traveled up there. So uh, I think UCLA at that five to one number, which I believe still has a little bit of value this week, is worth playing. But Brett, you think they're going to go all the way here and. And you're right, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is playing out of his mind, but, uh, you know, a trip to the Fiesta Bowl was completely – everybody. What, what's Oregon – what are the rankings going to be tomorrow, right, Brett? Let's let's talk about that real quick because I just put out a piece on the college football playoff, and it was clear. I don't know what the pecking order is for the whole Pac-12 champion one loss, Big 12 champion TCU or one loss TCU, and then there's Tennessee. And then you go through strength of record, strength of schedule. <laughs> and then you look at the remaining volunteer schedule where they have a cakewalk for the rest of the year. I don't know how you don't play Tennessee to win the national title or a prop to get into the playoff. Brett, you have them uh, currently slated to go to 
I've got him in the semis. In, in, yeah, you got him in the semis. Yeah, I think I think they'll fit, I think they'll Georgia. be number Georgia number one. Um, actually, Tennessee four. So I had I have UCLA as the three seed if they win the Pac-12 title. I think the Tuesday's rankings, Tuesday night, the committee will. I think the committee will leave Tennessee at four. Uh, keep them in the top four. I think TCU will be five. I think they do it that way. If TCU runs a table at thirteen and zero, eventually they would jump them. But uh, you know, I know Stuck loves Texas this week. I, I don't think TCU is going to survive undefeated. Then they will tumble on down. Um, and I think you know all the reasons Stucky said. I think Tennessee's got a really good shot to get in this thing. Now, obviously, it depends on a lot of things going on in the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big Twelve. But of for for a team that lost a game, they had a lot of things break their way. Um, as far as Tennessee, when you look Clemson yep. losing, um, that helps them tremendously. So I think the Vols are in good shape uh, as long as, you know, everybody from the Pac-12, Big Big 12 and ACC don't run the table the rest of the way, which I don't think they're all going to do that. It's a completely different ballgame. Tennessee, Georgia is a completely different ballgame in a neutral site without weather on turf. It's just a completely different ballgame. I mean, but, but Tennessee had to deal with that defense. And I know Georgia let up. I know Georgia let up in that game. But Tennessee was a drive away from covering every number. So, you know, we'll see what happens when we get there. Uh, I do we also, love- have adjust- we also have adjustments. So, like, Georgia, like, hey, we win this game. We're cruising to the college playoff. This is a huge game for us. But, you know, Georgia showed their hand. And, like, this is what we're going to do in defense. So, it'll be up to Tennessee to see if they can make adjustments. Because Hendon Hooker was under pressure 38% of snaps. You know, Stetson Bennett, pressure rate, zero. Uh, he was, is that, uh, is that still, Heisman candidate Stetson Bennett? Stuff? Yeah, he's down. To, he's down to twenty-five to one. But Brett, the, the only thing I'll argue with you with UCLA is that if there are if there are more teams in the mix, like one other one-loss conference champions, I think Tennessee has a better shot. Like if it comes down to Tennessee or one of these one-loss um, conference champions, I think Tennessee has a better shot to jump to get in over UCLA than say Oregon. Because UCLA's non-conference, you know, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Was weak, yeah. and then Oregon, if they win it, they'll be a one-loss Pac-12 champ. With their only loss being in Week One, basically at Georgia, and also you can say like it's a transfer, brand new offense. Like you can, and I, I justify that myself. It's like you know, it's the first game of the year, and so they're non-conference. Also, that's a non-conference game for them compared to. UCLA who like, you know, escaped by one against South Alabama and played uh, a bunch of soft teams. So I think Oregon would get in over Tennessee. If it comes down to that as a one loss PAC 12 champion, it might be a tougher discussion if it's UCLA just because of that out of conference schedule. I mean, I agree. I agree with you a thousand percent. The thing to keep in mind is what, what we think is not necessarily what the committee thinks. And they do tell you, tell the committee to value the conference championships, put greater weight on that. Now, again, it's still a beauty pageant. It's their decision, but they seem to weigh heavily a conference championship. I agree with everything you said. I just, what you don't know is what these guys are, guys and gals are thinking and yeah. how much they value a conference championship. Well, history says, yeah, they valued a ton. Well, as we leave the uh, bowl projections in the college football playoff, go out there and read the article posted. There is some value out there. Probably take action before the rankings come out. And the last thing I'll say is thank you, Brett, for putting Arkansas in the Vegas Bowl. That's only a chance for more of our secondary to get in trouble. All right. Let's move on to the segment where I am behind and clawing to get up. It's the sources stumper. It may sound easy. 
but it will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. There you go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. All right, Colin, here we go. America's favorite game show. You know the drill. The source is Stumper checking out the leaderboard. Stucky commanding 31 to 20 lead. Stucky, hopefully you got something in the mail from me the other day. I'm not home, but yeah, it should be there when I get back. Colin, since you're trailing, you know, you can go first again this week. And remember, no Googling. Uh, Last week, Kansas clinched a bowl berth, routing my Cowboys. The Jayhawks will end what was the nation's longest current bowl drought in 13 years. With Kansas bowl bound, I'm looking for the 10 schools that have the longest current bowl droughts. Colin, you're on the tee. I can't remember ever seeing UMass in a bowl, ever. You are correct. They are tied for first for the longest current streak, nine years. A little teaser for a bet that I'm going to make this week. This team could become bowl eligible, and they, I think they're in the longest drought. Let's go UConn. You are correct, Stuck. They're down tied for seventh. Five years since Bob Diaco took him to that memorable St. Pete Bowl. I think I was there, too, by the way. Colin, you're up. Well, I'm not going to say Akron because I remember Cato Nelson going to a bowl down in Florida. So I'm going to say I think UNLV because the last time they were in a bowl was against Arkansas in 2000, I think. Uh, It is UNLV. It was actually the 2013 Heart of Dallas Bowl. They had the fourth longest drought, eight years. They could get to a bowl this year. They end the season, Fresno this week, then at Hawaii, and Nevada or Nevada stuck. I know you'll do a whole take on that. For f- sake, it's Nevada, not Nevada. Um, so UNLV could end that drought also. Nice job, Colin. Uh, let's go. This one might be the longest. La Monroe. Yes. They are tied with uh, UMass and another team. They have not gone to a bowl in nine years. Since the 2012 Independence Bowl, they actually were bowl eligible twice since then. They were six and six twice, but uh, did not get selected for a bowl game. Colin? I'll stay in the Sun Belt because I can't remember ever writing a preview for Jake Spavadol or the coaching administration that was there before him. So I'm going to go Texas State. Man, this is, a, this is a record hot streak. Hopefully this carries over to our picks. Uh, you're right, Texas State, nine years, never been to a bowl since moving to FBS in 2012. They were actually once, they were seven and five in 2014, but did not get selected. Wow. Stuck? And you know how I know that is because Stucky and I take a win total over on them every year, and they don't, I mean, I, <laughs> I took a, a Sun Belt championship flyer like two years ago, it didn't work out. So uh, I actually was going to go with the Bobs as my pick there. So let's stay down in the state of Texas and go with your favorite team, Brett Rice. Man, you guys did, you guys, somebody show you the answers beforehand. You're right, Stuck. Rice, fifth longest streak, seven years since the 2014 Hawaii Bowl. Uh, they're in a in a predicament here. They're five and four. They finish at Western Kentucky, home against UTSA, at North Texas, Probably a dog in all those games. Yeah. They would be they would be bowl eligible right now, Stuck, except that's right. They lost to Club Lit. And so now they're at five and wow. four needing to win one of their final three. Club Lit impacting the bowl picture. Club Lit. How about Club Shit? Yeah, you How many do we have so far? You've got six for six. You got uh, the, the three uh, most recent. Four, like, excuse me, four most recent. This is tough because even like, even New Mexico State went to the bowl that one year. So if I go up to the Mac, 
I know Mike Jinx went to a bowl once, but that was way before Scott Waffler. So I'll go Bowling Green. Wow, Jesus. You're right, Bowling Green. Six years since the, uh, I love these bowl names, the Go Daddy Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they're also, they're at five and four. They may get there this year. Kent State at Toledo at Ohio. They win one of those games. Bowling Green will be bowl bound. Yeah. Uh, we got three answers left. Stuck, I'll, even though you guys don't need it, I will give you one hint. You wait, wait to get the hint until it's Colin's turn, so it's even. Okay, okay. I'm going to go, is this, could it really be in the fucking answer? I, I just have to say this one because I'm going to go South Florida just because it's always in there. I knew you would guess that. Sorry to disappoint you. They are not on the list. They went to the 2018 Gasparilla Bowl. No, no respect for the Bulls. Uh, here's your here's your hint. Probably doesn't help a lot. Of the three remaining schools, only one. It's the only Power Five school on the list. Oh my gosh! I thought those were all be eliminated. I have no idea the Power Five team could be. Uh, let's go Georgia Tech. Uh, good guess, but no, Georgia Tech, uh, they went three years ago in 2018. Seriously. They do have the longest uh, streak in the ACC, along with a couple other uh, ACC teams. Stucky? Uh, let's go with the South Florida theme. ECU? No, actually, ECU went, they qualified last year, so that's, I'm not going to rule them out. The game was canceled. Oh, they didn't play. That's right. Yeah, but they were in a they were yeah, actually counts. in a bowl that game. Counts. So that's yeah, yeah. they're off the list. I am pretty positive Derek Mason took Vanderbilt to a bowl, so I'm not gonna do them. So I'm not sure if someone ever took Arizona. I'll say Arizona. I feel that's wrong too. No, uh Arizona's not on the list. They went uh four years ago. I believe that's the longest streak in the Pac twelve though. Okay, we're eliminating. Hey, that's the longest streak in the pack. I was uh Arizona. They last went in 2017. At least I'm getting the longest streak in the conferences I'm naming. <laughs> if anything, we deserve a reward or something, like a trophy. And the ones you're the ones you're talking about is saying it's not that team. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you gave me you gave me a hint because I was I forgot Oregon State just did. Uh-huh. Uh that's gotta be Rut- Rutgers is the power by. It's gotta be them. Uh how quickly you forget last year's Gator Bowl. Yeah. Oh, they went because five and seven. They replaced the team with one day notice. Correct. Oh so my you, god! So it's not Rutgers. That's the conference, though, right? It's yeah. Well, yeah. Rutgers counts. I mean, it doesn't count because they did go to a bowl, even though they didn't like. They were a replacement. They still went to a right, bowl. I mean, I'll, I'll say. I'll say Illinois. It's probably wrong. Uh, that is wrong. Illinois has, has been. So I think it's two or three years. I'd have to look it up, but it's not Illinois. Man, it's so when you guys. Get it? You'll be like, oh my God, it's so obvious. Oh, I know who it is now. I absolutely know who it is now. <laughs> kind of uh, how we let our season off in the summer. We still have two. Nebraska? Two, yes, Doc, Nebraska. The Huskers, five years. Yep. Okay, so we got two left. We'll speed this up. Um, one is a Sunbelt team and one is in the Mountain West. Colin, you're up. Let's go uh, South Alabama. Yes, Nice. Five wow. years since that historic 2016 Arizona Bowl. And stuck, we got one Mountain West team. This is for the tie. New Mexico? That is correct. We have a tie. Five, five each. Nice job. New Mexico, of course, played in the New Mexico Bowl. There you have it. The 10 longest uh, droughts for bowl games. A few of those guys may be off the list if they can win some down the stretch. 
Well done, Colin. Well, great competition. You deserve a medal or a holiday or at least a cuddle from somebody. Well, my uh, <laughs> sweep the Mac, and now I know all the Mac Bowl trivia last week. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep going here. That I mean, I really appreciate the Mac so much, but uh, that was that was a good one, Brett. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. But, God, that Rutgers one, five and seven. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> what, wait, Brett, what was the longest one again? Not, not Kansas? Right now, the – Louisiana Monroe, Texas State, and UMass have not been in nine years. Okay. Technically, UMass hasn't been to a bowl since the 72 yeah, Boardwalk Bowl, yeah. but they've only been in FBS uh, for the last nine years. Yeah. Okay, let's get to our injury updates. I think that, you know, we've had numerous quarterbacks and concussion protocol. Stug, I'll go ahead and let you lead off. You got some injuries you want to talk to us about? Yeah. The quarterbacks, a couple of quarterbacks are just worth mentioning. Are, uh, it looks like Bazelak will be back for – Indiana this week. Um, and then Tuttle, actually, Tuttle is hurt, but it looks like Bazelak will be back. Looks like Connor Weekman will be back for Texas AM. They were dealing with the flu. But I actually want to mention a a couple wide receivers like Cowing for Arizona, Quentin Johnston for TCU. These are like really important receivers worth looking out for. And then Virginia, I know they covered for me. I bought out some of it, unfortunately. But, like, their top three receivers were ruled out right before the game. They said they were hurt. I assume that they were suspended. That's usually what happens when something like that happens. But they were limited in practice again today. So, yeah, there's a couple, there's a number of receivers out there that uh, are worth keeping your eye on. I don't think that there was too many quarterback-like injuries this weekend. Um, but I'm a little tiny behind. I'm away uh, from my dad's 70th. But there, there's definitely some receivers – out there worth monitoring yeah so i you know i think some of the ones that i've got gavin hardison for utep came out of the game yeah uh, that's you know a big bomber for them and then colorado state's only quarterback that we might trust to get a cover is clay millen uh he was down in the fourth quarter on a sack uh caused by his own lineman uh tanner morgan took a big hit on a sack and uh looks like he has an upper body injury we'll see if he comes back i think the one non-quarterback that has to be talked about is day day hunter yeah uh, PFF names him the you know the transfer from Hawaii is at Liberty. He is the most elusive player in all of college football. So Day Day Hunter not being there for Liberty is a really big deal. Quarterback AJ Swan, thank you for coming back to Vanderbilt. He's already injured again. Uh, Mike Wright looks like he's going to have duties there from now on. Uh, so those are some of the and then you know Devontae Walker for Kent State. Um, you know and we're going to talk about this on our Mac Live show on Tuesday night. There's a lot of injuries going on in the MAC. Like Dante Cephas, if he's not playing, then that's a huge problem. Uh, you know, Devontae's Walker for Kent State. If he's not playing, I don't know how Kent State's going to score anymore, especially with Colin Schley taking a sliding knee before a first down marker. But um, you know, those are just a couple of the injuries that are coming out of out of the MAC. Yeah, Colorado State is like Millen is not great, mainly because their offensive line is bad. They just throw it to Horton a million times. It's so good, but their backup quarterbacks are incredibly bad incredibly incompetent if he's done they cannot function as an offense yeah and then the last one is uh quarterback uh chase cunningham from middle tennessee he has been the driver behind all those points in middle tennessee he's been scoring this year so definitely one to be watching out for there oh we got to watch charlotte we got to watch club lit against middle tennessee and you know what zach charbonnet dressed and warmed up but he didn't play for ucla so brett's going on and on about how great that offense is which they are and zach charbonnet didn't even play yeah, yeah. Play. one of those injuries you guys skipped over uh spencer sanders who knows what's up with him 
Garrett Rangel started the true freshman against Kansas. Oklahoma State is just beat to hell. They have so yeah. many injuries on that Crazy. team. I, I don't, you know, look, and I'm I'm an Oklahoma State guy. Stuck, I, I think you're under eight and a half is going to hit. I don't know if Oklahoma State wins a game the rest of the way. Yeah. I think they are devastated. I think emotionally, physically and emotionally, I think they are spent. I think that I'm not going to say they've quit. I just thought, I think they've run out of bodies and they got an Iowa State team that's fighting to get to a bowl game. So that'll be a something to keep an eye on for Saturday. Yeah, they were already overachieving. Like, you know, they were they lost so much from last year. And then you take a hit, hit at every, like O-line, receiver, running back, defensive line, secondary, and now your quarterback. So, like, yeah, it's gonna be tough for them. They, I mean, they have they had five big 12, tough big 12 games in October and got beat up in the process. I'm hearing rumors that Sanders is done for the year. I don't know if you can corroborate that or not. I'm sure we'll see. But yeah, they are they're beat up and uh yeah, hopefully they can get some bodies back because yeah, it's just, it's just every level. And when there's clusters like that, it's it's tough to overcome, uh, especially on that defense. Like the defense already lost so much and then was playing a little better than expectations. And now you're down to like guys that you didn't anticipate playing this year. Yeah, and Gundy coming out and saying to the press that he it's all his fault. He mishandled the team and he didn't have them prepared. I mean, that's uh for somebody that doesn't give out any injury information, it doesn't usually give out any tidbits during pressers for Gundy to say, you know, I, I mishandled getting the team ready uh, for these games. That's uh, I don't know. That would be quite alarming if you ever want to back an Oklahoma state ticket here coming up in the future. And at least you're getting more information from Mike Gunny than you are from Sam Pittman, who has <laughs> no answers as to why we're losing to Liberty, putting our bowl season in jeopardy players getting arrested. Oh, by the way, KJ Jefferson's getting hurt. And the only people that know it are his barber. Um, so, all right, you're up, storyteller Brett McMurphy. So, yeah, uh, stuck in, in Colin. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, I know you guys both love analytics. You love numbers. So I wanted to bring this up. The, the past week, we had two examples where math was hard. Uh, Washington and Oregon State, the Pac-12 refs penalized Oregon State for 12 men on the field. Fortunately, the video replay showed the Beavers only at 11. So I guess the question is, how many Pac-12 refs does it take to count correctly to 11? Uh, the answer, we don't, we don't know yet. Uh, and then Saturday in Fort Worth, this could have huge implications maybe down the road or on the, uh, on the playoff. Texas Tech kicked a field goal on third and goal. Why? Because the Big 12 officials mistakenly had it listed as, as, as fourth and goal when it was only third down. They made the field goal. Obviously, TCU pulled away. So remember, kids, stay in school, study math, and you too won't have to become a college football official. It's got to be the same Big 12 ref that took 30 seconds off the clock in Red River a couple of years ago, right? We'll have to look that up. Not, not a good day for officials, especially when you have when you have replay. Moving on, let's do one for the road. We give you guys one early pick in the week. According to this on a Monday, we are 15 and seven when giving these picks out on the new BCS. Uh, last week, Rice covered for me. So I'm going to go ahead and go first with all of this. And I'm going to take Fresno State and UNLV on the under. That number is about 59 right now, a very key number. It's a number that I projected about 50. UNLV's offense has been atrocious, even with Doug Brumfield coming back. Uh, that's just going to be a huge issue if their offense can't get going, especially on the ground. 
They're not going to be able to against Fresno State. I don't know if they can contribute to this total. Fresno State's going to go on the road. If you look at their home road splits, they're a completely different team. I know Jake Hayner was out for a lot of those games that they were on the road. But at the same time, you know, there's there's nothing in here that says Fresno State's going to continue to score boatloads of points on the road. So it's a number I think should be 10 points less. Go ahead. I'm going to go Fresno State, UNLV under. Yeah, I got, I'm going to go with – I didn't get a chance to do the whole mid-weekday stuff, so I know I've, I've been giving weekdays. But I'm going to go with a game that I already played on Saturday – I'm going to go Navy uh, at noon, noon kick in Baltimore against Notre Dame. This is a Notre Dame team that I'm happy to fade as a favorite this year, young and experienced, especially off a huge win like this. And this is a great matchup for Navy. Uh, you're also catching over two touchdowns with the Service Academy in a game with a total that's going to be in the low 40s. And Navy's run D is legit. And that was the questions I had with Clemson, and it got exposed. Navy, like top five in stuff rate, power success rate, line yards. Uh, this this team knows how to defend the run, and Notre Dame still can't really consistently throw the ball, and that's how you can really attack this Navy defense if you have a lot of skill position on the outside. So I think it's a great spot, and I think it's a uh, a good matchup for Navy because they can battle in the trenches here. I think this will be a lower-scoring game. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the points here with Navy catching over two touchdowns. Uh, that run D is legit. They played Air Force – Gave up 200. They just played Cincy. Cincy had like 2.8 yards per carry. They just played Air Force, uh, who had 200 yards, yes, on 50 carries. And they got 50 of them late in the last drive when Navy was selling out. This Navy run day has passed the test all year long. Um, so, yeah, g- give me Navy here. Brett, what you got? Uh, I talked about earlier why, why I like UCLA. I'm t- I know it's a giant number. Uh, 77 over in Arizona, UCLA. 77 probably also temperature at kickoff. Uh, from lovely La La Land. UCLA just put up half a hundred on Arizona State without, as Colin mentioned, their top running back. DTR, I mean, that guy, why why is he not in any Heisman talk? I mean, that, that just shows why UCLA is making a smart move going to the Big Ten so people may actually see some of the games they play. Chip Kelly talked about that uh, the other day. Um, I just think They'll they'll score at will. My only concern is they have USC next week, but offsetting that concern is Arizona. Jed Fish loves to run it fast. He'll play fast, fast, fast. This will be some kind of crazy. You know, it's not going to be SMU Houston, but I I could see uh, you know forty five thirty five very easily. Maybe Arizona hangs around, and I'm going over seventy seven, which of course isn't smart, but. That's why I like it. Right. You can, you can confirm or deny this, which might help you over. And Colin and I mentioned this on the podcast earlier this week. is like Tennessee now. It's like, all right, they know they still have a shot at the college football playoff and they have an easier schedule. Why let up off the gas, right? If you're not a lock to get into the college football playoff, why not get margin? Why not get, you know, some pretty points here and, and, and get some style for the committee to watch? And then your margin of victory goes up. You're, that, that stuff matters maybe a tiny bit, right? No, it it does, but I think it matters more for like Tennessee because they can't win their conference. Where yeah. UCLA, yeah, UCLA, you know, I don't think, yeah, yeah, I don't think UCLA is going to score eighty on Arizona to impress the committee because they got they got to beat USC next week. That's fair, but absolutely, if somebody's out of the running, or when we get down to conference championship week, if we've got a couple of teams jockeying for position, absolutely, guys are going to lay it on, um, you know, late instead of taking their their uh, foot off the pedal. 
Oh, yeah. Josh Heupel absolutely comes from the school of Bobby Bowden, which was run 77 points up on everybody and give me that orange bowl berth in case there's a discussion about it. Uh, that was an old Florida State trick. Him and him and Nebraska, right? Bobby Bowden, Tom Osborne, we got to score 70 a week so that they, we make sure that we get the, you know, get the right bowl that we want uh, and we get the correct position in the AP poll. Yeah. Yeah, BCS. That's old BCS back when like formula with like margin of victory and all that. That's stuff. the old BCS. What was yeah, it? The the old was it the Harris poll that took in margin of victory? That's why everyone was scoring 80 points. Yeah, they, that was so screwy. They had so, they had so many computer polls. They didn't the, the people that ran the BCS didn't even know how they were calculated. It was just like, okay, we'll use your poll. Uh, I remember asking them in the very early days of the BCS. Very simple question. What happens if there's a tie between two and three? Obviously, you know, it's probably the odds of winning the Powerball for them with all the computer numbers to end up in a tie. And I was told, well, don't report this. Of course, this was a long time ago, but we don't have a tiebreaker. <laughs> they changed it the next year. Holy cow. Well, speaking of Powerball, good luck to everybody with their tickets tonight. That's going to do it for us. Brett, Stucky, myself. This is the new BCS Week 12. we got only just a couple of weeks. Good luck on your bets. See you guys next week. Cheers.